Did you know your daily routine could be the key to your next vacation getaway? NerdWallet helps you compare travel and cashback cards to turn your everyday purchases into your next unforgettable getaway experience. Traveling doesn't have to be expensive, and daily expenses don't have to get in the way of your next escape. Imagine purchasing food and earning points towards a free hotel room, or earning points toward a flight by simply buying gas. Regardless of your financial situation, the NerdWallet team will help you make sense of your options at nerdwallet.com. Get expert information from an award-winning team of nerds to make even the most complicated money questions and topics easy to understand. NerdWallet's dedicated team will offer the tips you need to get that vacation you've been waiting for without breaking the bank. NerdWallet offers everything you need to make sound financial decisions while costing you absolutely nothing. Find the smartest financial products for you on nerdwallet.com or in app stores by downloading the NerdWallet app. to diamond talk i am i don't even want to call myself the host because really i am not the host of this show dylan kearns is the host of the show i'm just the one and only Vinny milani dylan you are the pride and you you are the heart and soul of diamond talk because aaron does not want to show up really he, he is really not his consistency has not been good bob not been good but you <laughs> have been here every show what's up buddy Nothing much. Nothing much. It's nice to be nice to see you back. I hope you enjoyed your vacation. Aaron, obviously going to the Padres game tonight. So shout out to him. Uh, he, he has to miss this one, obviously, for that. He's also uh, spending time with his son who has a baseball tournament in a beautiful facility out there in San Diego. So I uh, hope Aaron's doing well. Hope you enjoyed your vacation. I'm excited to talk some baseball today. I am excited to come back to the diamond to start off my, my comeback, my comeback tour. That's what I'm going to start calling it. It's going to be the comeback tour, the rough cut comeback tour. Uh, yeah, no, we're, it's, it's baseball time, man. And I, I'm a little shaken up and I wanted to bring this up here. I, I'm not shaken up like crazy sad because I don't want to, I don't want to just throw any disrespect like that around, but I have to bring up legendary goaltender for the Chicago Blackhawks. Tony Esposito has died at the age of 78, he's been battling pancreatic cancer. It was a short-lived battle, but he has he has he has died today. It's very sad news. You are a big Blackhawks fan. There's a lot of hockey fans out there in this world that know and love Tony Esposito. He played pretty much his entire career with the Chicago Blackhawks. Most of his career, I should say, with the Chicago Blackhawks. And I mean, he was he was incredible. He was incredible. And our thoughts and prayers go out to the entire Esposito family, friends and family who knew him personally. If you're listening to the show, we're praying for you, praying for everybody involved in that. It's a sad, sad, tragic loss. Yeah, it was. He was obviously the uh, the main goaltender there for a while that really brought uh, good hockey to Chicago. I mean, the, the times before him wasn't really the best, but he, he stood up and played, played his heart out every single time he was in net. And it started a trend. The goaltenders that followed after him, you had Nikolai Hobby Bulin and a bunch of others that really stepped up. And uh, it was an honor to play goalie wearing that sweater for the Blackhawks. For sure. For sure. Very, very sad. Sad news to start off the show with, and it's very unfortunate. And uh, and yes, rest in peace, Bobby Bowden, who died this weekend. Uh, just terrible, terrible, 
past few days of losing some great, great people in the sports world. Uh, but it's Diamond Talk, ladies and gentlemen, and we bring the whoa, that was actually a good trip. We bring the heat. Where is it? Oh my god, Aaron has just thrown <laughs> off my entire stream yard thing here. Okay, there it is. Dylan, we bring the heat. Got some cheese, bud! Got some big, stinky cheese! Bringing the Heat is brought to you by Made by Milani. Go check out the website. It's on our Facebook page. You can get the sweet shirts. You can get the sweet decals, sweet tank tops over there at Made by Milani. Check it out now. Get your shirts in all the different colors. We got to make a Diamond Talk shirt. That's what we really need. We need to get yeah, a we Diamond do. Talk shirt thrown out there. But Dylan, it's time for Bringing the Heat. And this episode entirely is about... The division race it's between like uh, we got we got the NL East that we're talking about. We're talking about the AL East, talk about talk about everything in terms of division races. But we can't have a show without Dylan getting hot. So, Dylan, bring the heat, buddy. So I am furious, absolutely furious when it comes to the Boston Red Sox. I mean, this is an organization that in 2019 won the World Series, or 2018, my apologies there, won, won the World Series in 2018. Then in 2019, uh, of course, the Nationals win, and then 2020, the Dodgers. Bottom line is, the Boston Red Sox, they traded Mookie Betts. They traded. They were down for a while. They lost their manager last season, and they were really picked to finish at the bottom of this division. So what happens this year? They come out on top. They start winning baseball games. They get to the midway point. They're winning games. They're in a nice competitive division with a solid lead in that division. And then the trade deadline comes around. And sure, you can add a Kyle Schwarber who's hurt right now, but you needed to add a starting pitcher. I mean, how can you look at that rotation and see Nick Pavetta, Garrett Richards, who's been awful as of late, and many others, and not add one starter to your rotation? I mean, Zach Davies is an upgrade. He got shelled the other night. I have no idea why the Boston Red Sox did not add a starting pitcher. I mean, they're, they're putting so much stock into Chris Sale that it's not even funny. They got a big series coming up, and Chris Sale returns on Saturday. He is a big-name uh, pitcher in this game that's been banged up for quite some time, but they're riding on him. And I am furious because the rest of the teams in that division got better. Meanwhile, Boston's sitting there. And they've lost two, they're two and eight in their last 10, and they cannot find any momentum. And the division's gotten better, and they keep falling down. They could very well finish fourth in this division. It's a, it's a tight division. You can't you can't be making these types of mistakes, though. Like this is this is, I mean, I feel like with with baseball, it's it's a long season. And like well, it was the first half of the season, you can kind of say, okay, we got we got the second half to build back on. And that that's when baseball really, really starts that second half of the season. Now you're making those mistakes. It was a tight race before the all-star break. Now it's after the all-star break and they're making these mistakes. It's not good. It's, it's not good. And would you, where would you rank the, the Red Sox pitching rotation in terms of like the, the AL East where, where would they rank? Would they be, obviously they're better than the Royals, right? Yeah. They're, if, if you look at the AL East, they're obviously better than uh, Baltimore. They're better than actually, I think that's where I'll stop. I mean, the Yankees, Jamison Tyles turned it on as of late. When you get a healthy Garrett Cole, they could be getting Corey Kluber back. Corey Kluber is compared to Chris Sale in my eyes right now with the health factor, what you're going to get down the stretch. 
That's they're both wild cards, so you can't really look there. Yankees are also getting Severino back. The Blue Jays went out and acquired Jose Barrios, who I said on this show would look beautiful in Boston. And I, I think Zach backed me up on that in the comments. Uh, Jose Barrios would have been a great fit in Boston. However, he goes and pitches for Toronto, and now Toronto's chasing Boston's tail right now. So Jose Barrios was a great addition to a, a, a rotation that already has a Hunjin Ryu. Boston right now is relying so much on their rookie Tanner Houck, who was optioned to AAA multiple times. I do not understand why the, the, the Boston Red Sox have a, a stud pitcher that's really stepped up as of late, and they, they just keep optioning him to AAA. They bring him up for a doubleheader start and send him right back down. I mean, that, that's uncalled for. They're relying too much on Eduardo Rodriguez, who has had a few good starts this year. They had Nick Pavetta, who's been good in the first half. That's it. And then you got Garrett Richards. And outside of that, it's just a steamroll. And they're by far the fourth best rotation in this division. The bullpen is pretty average at best outside of Matt Barnes. And it's a disaster in a lineup that when they get Schwarber back, he's never played first base in the MLB except for, I think, one game in 2015. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big, big missed opportunity to take advantage of your lead you built in the first half on how you could have ended up building this even better. But they just they, they couldn't get anything going. And now Boston's sitting here like, this is horrible. I mean, if you're a Red Sox fan, you have to be pissed because the Yankees are coming up from the dead, acquiring two lefties, and they're coming out of nowhere. They're going to leapfrog in the division because Hein Bloom, who was a great general manager, just was not complacent. Okay, okay. So we're going to talk about that AL East and our main event tonight. I'm, I'm interested to see if you think that they can actually bounce back from all this. I know it's like, it's tough. What, what they're going through right now is tough. They, they could figure it out. We're going to talk about that in the main event. Is there any other? Is there any other teams or players or anything that's else is getting you heated in, in Major League Baseball? Yes, I would like to issue an apology oh. to every single person, fan of the show, listener, audio, whatever you whatever you're doing. If you're listening to Diamond Talk on Tuesdays, I apologize for wasting your time and believing in the New York Mets. I, oh. I, I've said it multiple times on this show. Hey, when they get healthy, they're going to start clicking. When that offense gets together, for finally together with everyone coming back, they're going to be clicking. And then when the rotation gets healthy, the ground comes back, they're going to be clicking. It's not happening. It's not happening. We've seen it multiple times in sports where the injuries just pile up. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers are a prime example of that year after year. But the, the Mets, you look at them right now, I mean, Javier Baez banged up. He has he has a hip issue now. Francisco Lindor's out with an oblique. Michael Conforto is up and down. He's been a lot down this year. And there's just nothing there. Jacob DeGrom and then Taiwan Walker. So DeGrom's out for about a month. Taiwan Walker has been absolutely abysmal. If he played like this in the first half, I think with the amount of starts he's had since the All-Star break, he'd be designated for assignment or at least considered. Ooh. Because his ERA is up in the North Pole right now. It's absolutely insane how horrible he has pitched in the second half. He's getting tattooed by anybody that steps up there with a wood bat. They smack it to France every single time that uh, Taiwan Walker leaves the thing right over the heart of the plate. So I'm done with the Mets. The Mets aren't the Mets aren't coming back from anything. I apologize to everybody to say to believe in them because I, I seriously thought they would finally gel together. They had time. Now they're running out of time, and you're going to need Jacob DeGrom 
to pitch like he was in the first half coming off an injury, and you need Walker to get better, and it's going to be an absolute disaster for them to try to get back to where they were with the Phillies smoking hot. I, I personally... I'll accept your apology because I, I don't know if I, this could be my only claim to fame in diamond talk history here. When we started this show, when we first started the show, which you guys can check out on all podcasting platforms at diamond talk or at the rough cut sports cast, you'll find us. Uh, I said, I asked both you and Aaron specifically Aaron. Cause he, he's been a big believer in the Mets. I was like, okay, I've seen this Mets team before do this. I've seen, I've been a Mets fan my whole entire life. I've been watching them with my dad all my entire life. Shout out dad. Uh, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the Mets, like get my hopes up and be like, Oh, this is the team this is the real deal. They're going out. Oh, they got a new owner. They're going to, they're going to go out. Well, they, the going out and paying players has never really been a thing until this season, but <laughs> either way, the Mets have done this to me so many times where they get my hopes up here and then they just come crashing down the second half of the season or they come crashing down at some point where I'm like, man, this, this is a bummer. Once again, they can never stay healthy. And I get it. Like you can like they're, they're battling a lot of injuries, but at what point does that excuse run out? At what point does the excuse of we're banged up? Like that's got to run out at some point. Look at the Braves. I mean, we're going to dive fully into this NL East in the main event, but look at the Braves. They are, they have climbed back into second place. They have all those injuries. Their star players injured. They're not making excuses. New York Mets. They're making excuses. Mets fans are making excuses, but this is the same Mets every single year. And this is why I asked the question earlier on in the season to both of you. Why should I be believing in this New York Mets team? Yeah, they have all this talent. Uh, you, you gotta, it's gotta come back to Rojas as well. That's gotta be brought right, up right. as well. It's gotta and be Luis Rojas needs to look in the mirror real quick because it's, it's a tough, tough spot right now for the Mets. I mean, they're Sherman pointed out in the chat. This is a good point. Uh, they could be in serious trouble with their 13 games against the Dodgers and giants coming yep. up. That's huge. If you don't have a healthy pitching staff going into that, if you don't have healthy, anybody, it's going to be trouble. But going back to your point on the health, um, if you, if you, if you look at the health, uh, of this team going forward. I mean, I thought they had enough depth. I seriously did. Albert Almora is a nice fourth. They're not anymore. He's probably a fifth triple A. He's a four a outfielder. Um, Albert Almora count all the A's. That's where he needs to be. But um, if, if, you, if you sit oh here, God. if oh you sit God. here and look at it, um, <laughs> that's, that's a good slam. That was um, a good one. That was a good one. If you look at him, I mean, they, they added uh, – who was that shortstop they had? Jonathan VR. He's all right. Like, they have enough depth pieces that have big league experience. I thought they'd get over the hump. But even those depth pieces got hurt. Jose Peraza's banged up. Guillaume's banged up. Um, it, it's just – it doesn't stop. Louis, uh, Joey Lucchese, uh, Jordan Yamamoto, those are supposed to be bridge guys just in case if there were injuries. And sure enough, there were injuries, and that's what screwed them. And – Carlos Carrasco came back with a nickname Cookie. He's been serving up cookies ever since he came back. He gave up uh, three runs in the first inning tonight uh, to Juan Soto now in a rain delay. So the Mets, they are in deep trouble. And like I said, I apologize to everyone. I seriously believed in them, and I don't know why I did because looking at it right now, it's a joke. Including me. You apologize to me. Right. I deserve it. I deserve this apology because realistically, man, I I believed you guys. I I really – believe you guys that this Mets team could actually do something. And guess what? They didn't. 
same old. Hey, you know, they, they look good on paper. That's the thing yeah, that really fantastic. That, I know that's what that's the thing that really makes it crazy is they look good on paper and in the division that we all thought there were going to be two at least one wild card team out of this division. A lot of people said Padres, uh, Dodgers, Braves, Mets. Uh, two of those were going to be wild card teams, two division winners, and maybe two don't even make the playoffs in that scenario. But maybe three don't. But um, it, it's crazy how that division has really turned over. And the, the Phillies have taken an opportunity. We'll get into that later on. But the Mets, I mean, they have just collapsed. And I don't know how, because it, it feels like the Cleveland Browns team a few years ago that was oh, so good on paper, but they just didn't show up. And then obviously they got there a little bit. But so, I don't know. Actually, that that brings me to, to the point I wanted to make is, and this will be the last of them. We'll get into our, our, our playoff race or our division uh, races here in a second. But that could be your only hope as a Mets fan right now is that that this team is is better on paper than all those other years where they've let you down. That you have ownership that believes in this team enough to go out and make these moves, whether they re-sign the players that they need to re-sign or what have you from there. You still have some type of hope because this Mets team is the best roster I mean, to me, this is one of the best rosters the Mets have in my lifetime. This is one of the best best rosters the Mets have ever had. Is that a fair statement to say? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Maybe early years. I mean, Jose Reyes, David Wright, those are some good years. But I mean, right now, right now, it's probably the best one you've seen in a while. Even I'd take this lineup over the playoff team in 2015 that got to the World Series. I mean, Curtis Granderson, Lucas Duda, they don't match up to a Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo. Like this team right here. I seriously believe healthy offense wise. I don't know because their offense is balanced. It's left, right, left, right, switch hitters. They have enough power. They get on base. They run well. They have a lot of uh, intangibles to get there. I seriously think that it it comes back to, it comes back to uh, Luis Rojas. I think he needs to start being blamed for this. And maybe you go out and get another manager here going forward. But I mean, it's crazy how this is sort of spiraled. Their bullpen was supposed to be good too. I know Batances hasn't pitched this year, but you, you bring in a Trevor May, you have uh, a couple big pieces in that bullpen to go with Edwin Diaz, and it just hasn't worked. So it huge, huge, huge. It has not, uh, but I don't like I don't like this comment here. The Mets are not the Cowboys of Major League Baseball. They haven't even won enough to even be considered <laughs> the Cowboys of Major League Baseball. The Mets fans, we don't have championships to even like harp on, okay? We don't have that. So this is no, no, sir, no. But Dylan, let's get into our main event. But first, we got to pay some bills. I got to find the socials here because Aaron reorganized all this. And okay, there they are again. This this is nice. I like this organization stuff that Aaron did while I was gone. Dylan, got to pay the bills. Tell them where they can find us at. Head on over to Twitter at roughcut underscore sports. And then on Facebook at roughcut sports. If you go on Instagram, type in the roughcut sports cast, you'll find right there. And also on YouTube, type in roughcut sports cast. Click subscribe, click the like, click the bell, subscribe, leave a comment, do all that good stuff, and tell everybody. Everybody. We're on the push to 200 subscribers on YouTube. If you are not watching on YouTube, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like right now, right now, I can see – I'll be I'll be completely transparent with everybody. This is what we do on, on, the, on Diamond Talk, on the Rough Cut. This is what we do. I see four people watching on Twitter, and I see three people watching on Facebook – 
Head on over to YouTube right now. Search the Rough Cut Sportscast. You will see this video pop up. You can jump right in. But before you jump right in, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We are on a push to 200 subscribers. Help us get there by joining us on YouTube. Eventually, we're just going to go straight YouTube. So that's where you'll want to be. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Dylan, let's get into our main event of the evening. At Dunkin', we're getting ready for sunnier days with our Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. A bright and balanced iced coffee with notes of cocoa, tangy sweetness, and toasted nuts. Made to brighten every day a little more. Soak in the sunshine a little more. And fill every moment with a little more, more. Because we aren't just chasing sunsets anymore. We're counting sunrises too. Do more with Dunkin' Sunrise Batch Iced Coffee. Brewed for brighter days. Enjoy a medium for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. It's time! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the main event. And like I said, we are diving into the divisional races. We got a tight race in the NL East. We got a tight race in the AL East. We got tight races all around. It's real tight up in here, okay? I want to start off where we were just left off on, and that's the NL East. We take a look here at the standings for the NL East here. Philly's up at, up at the top right now. The Braves snuck back into second place with the Mets 2-8 and eight in their last 10. The Nationals behind, and then there is the Miami Marlins who... I would rather see the jumbo shrimp out there to be completely honest, but I cannot seeing. get that. Yeah, basically <laughs> I cannot get that, but Dylan, let's talk about the Let's. I, I kind of want to talk about, I know the Braves are the Phillies are up at the top, but I really want to pick your brain here on the Atlanta Braves, because this is a team that I personally was like, we can kind of, can you start counting out the Braves with the injuries that they suffered and, and, and losing key guys and, now they're here at second place. Is this because of the Mets sucking or is this because the Phillies have figured out how to win without their stars? It's, it's really because the, the Atlanta Braves are really finding a way to put it together. I mean, this year has been a challenge for the Braves and the Braves fandom. I mean, you lose your superstar in Ronald Acuna Jr. Once that happened, I thought Alex Anthopoulos was going to get complacent, essentially punt the season, you know, all right, you know, we're not going to win this year. But that's when he traded for Jack Peterson. And then he brings in a Jorge Soler, brings back Adam Duvall from Miami, who has played phenomenal defense in Atlanta already. And you basically upgraded all three outfield positions by putting all three out there, all acquisitions, put Almonte on the bench, uh, put Heredia on the bench, DFA, uh, a fan favorite, and Ender Inciarte. And they just said, you know what? We're going in. Austin Riley has had a fantastic year, hitting 290. I believe he's over the 20 home run mark right now. And Freddie Freeman, there for a while, he really turned it on. Um, and he, he's hitting 294 right now, has, has been doing so many great things. I mean, left on left, it doesn't matter. This guy is just a true professional hitter, and he, he gives you a good at-bat, plays good defense as well. And he, this is what the Braves have. They have this postseason experience late in the year. And the signing of Charlie Morton, I know he's had a few bad starts, but he's been pretty good as of late as well. So putting all of these together has been nice. And Morton has been good down the stretch, pitched in big games for the Astros going uh, going into the postseason a few years ago. But I think it all starts with that man right there, Freddie Freeman, who could really impact the game, be the heart and soul of that lineup, the leader on that team, and uh, bring a lot to them. Because I, I, I'm still not ready to rule out Atlanta 
uh, they just keep seem to stick around whether they want to or not. And that's what, and that's what happens. Like we talked about the Mets with the, with the injuries and all that stuff. You have to have guys step up and Freddie Freeman has stepped up here. And that's what you need from a guy who not only has been a, a leader on the, a veteran leader on the team, but he's been playing damn good. Like you can be a leader and not be good. And that doesn't really do too much, but if you're injured and you're trying to bounce back, your, your leaders have to step up at the plate. That's what Freddie Freeman has seemed to do for the Braves. Go to let's go to the Phillies. Let's go to the Phillies. Now they were, Active at the deadline, correct? That's uh, there was oh, a move yeah. the Phillies did that you that you like so much, and now they're in first place. So tell me about the Phillies and and why they sit at the top of the NL East. They sit at the top of the NL East because of their pitching staff, and their pitching staff has been phenomenal this year. They add a nice uh, right-hander, Kyle Gibson, to the rotation from Texas. Um, he, he could really add to your team a lot, and you also have had a great season from Zach Wheeler, who has stepped up and pitched like a monster, who was actually a part of the Mets organization for a while. They uh, decided to sign Marcus Stroman instead. So uh, rough, rough on that. But um, the, the Phillies right now, I think, are fantastic uh, in, in a great spot. Uh, Bryce Harper has quietly been pushing his way up into the conversation for the NL MVP. I mean, the RBI totals haven't been there. He's not really a big RBI guy, but he does hit the clutch. He drives in runs uh, with, with the home run ball. He, he's been hit for a high average. And I think one thing here, if you're going to take one thing away from this NL East, you look at the Phillies team and Bryce Harper has to be the 2018 Christian Yelich to the Brewers team that was really relying on getting there based on uh, one player uh, carrying the offense and timely pitching. That's what the Phillies are getting right now. So I think uh, Zach Wheeler, Kyle Gibson, uh, nice, nice one-two punch there out in Philadelphia. Aaron Nola's still good. He's going up against Max Scherzer tonight against the Dodgers. That's going to be a good one. But um, I, I, really think, I, I really think uh, the Phillies are in a great shape right now. JT Riamuto plays well. Alec Bohm starting to swing it again at third base. I'd be scared to see the Phillies, not necessarily in the playoffs, but uh, I think they could definitely walk away with this division. I, it's such a shame. I was so hyped. I was so hyped about the Mets. And the, and the funny part about it was, is they started off like before the all-star break, we were talking about how the Mets just aren't getting run support. And after the all-star break, like right after they started getting that run support and it was like, Oh yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go. And then, well, so yeah. when we Wait. look, Wayne, Wayne Randazzo, the, the Mets play-by-play radio uh, announcer. He's the number two to Howie Rose. He, he set out on Twitter a few a few weeks ago that I believe he said the stat was four uh, pitcher wins since mid-June that the, the starting pitcher has, has received a win uh, that has pitched that day. So that's almost a month and a half, if not two months already, uh, mid-June all the way to, where, well, I guess we're mid-August. That's two months and you've only gotten four pitcher wins uh, from a starting pitcher. So that is that is definitely problematic for a team that really needs to start winning some baseball games. I wish I could say I was surprised at that. Like, that sounds so common as a Mets fan to, to hear that just like your pitchers aren't getting the wins because your batters cannot step up to the plate. No pun intended there. Um, are the This might be a dumb question here, but are the Nationals not a thing anymore? They're not. Uh, they okay, they could have been. I mean, I bet they're sitting there right now licking their chops like, gosh, darn. If we didn't trade Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, we could be in a great shape right now to potentially uh, go on a go. Not necessarily a run, but they could definitely compete in this division that's starting to get wide open. I think uh, that they, they were in a great spot before they made all those moves, but they've definitely fallen apart. They, they chose a sense of direction. So 
it's a three-team race right now. I'm pretty sure the Mets, I, I, I almost rule them out. Uh, that's definitely a, a bold statement, I believe. But the Phillies I, have I, been fantastic as of late. I don't think that I don't think the Mets thing is that that big of a like crazy of a thing to think about. Like I, me not knowing like my shit that much, like I would say that because like like we mentioned before, like the, like everyone in the comments was bringing up the Mets schedule is not favorable, especially in the next coming in the next few weeks. I mean, I was talking, I was just talking to my dad on the phone about this. The Mets have a game. I don't know if this is like common or not in baseball or what, but like. The Mets play every night from today till the 22nd of August. So like that's, that's 12 straight games and that's 12 straight games against the nationals, the Dodgers, the giants, the Dodgers, and then they, they have a day off and then start back up with the giants again. We, men- we, we, we mentioned that the Mets at the end of, of, of September also have a very, very tough run in at least the month of September. They play the Yankees. They play the Red Sox, and you know those two teams are both going to be battling for an AL East spot, which we're going to talk about in just a second. They have the Yankees, the Red Sox, then they also play the Brewers three times. Oh, yeah, it's, in it's Milwaukee, done. it's done. Uh, they, they might need to they might need to bring back uh, Phil Regan again to be their pitching coach if they want to have any success. It, that old that old fart back out there, ninety years old, send him to the bullpen. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I want to bring up one comment before we well before we jump ship to the AL East. I don't know anything about any of this. Ranger Suarez. He's been Ranger Suarez has been nice. This is, this is definitely a, a Phillies question. He's, he's a left-handed pitcher for them. Uh, he got a start. I think he's mainly been a bullpen guy this year. So I think they're trying to break him into the rotation a little bit. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's taking uh, Vince Velasquez spot, in the rotation who is probably the most mediocre pitcher you could possibly think of in major league baseball history. I mean, he has good wow. starts and then he has horrible starts and you're like, all right, send him to the bullpen. He's like a Ryan Vogel song type. Uh, if you remember, remember back in the day, Ranger yeah, Suarez, Ranger Suarez is a nice, nice pitcher, but I mean, yeah, I, I think that statement holds true. If he, he could be down the stretch, the Phillies will be in business. I think they're in business already. I think Sherm's just a little bit nervous as a Phillies fan, but I, I think, I think so. he's all right. Rightfully. So the, the, the Braves are right behind him, but the Mets are probably not. So we can write off the Mets. I'm, I'm writing all, as of today. Aaron might come in and yell at me for this eventually. As of today, August 10th, the Mets are done. That's okay. it. Done. Kaput. That's it. Let's go over to the AL East, though. I mean, this is this is another tight, very, very tight race. You got the Rays up at the top. You got the Red Sox in the second. You got the Yankees at third. Blue Jays right there at fourth, still in it. This is, I mean, we talked about the NL East and the top, the four teams. In the NL East, you look at the fourth place Nationals and you're kind of like, okay, they're done. But the Rays, Red Sox, Yankees, and the Blue Jays are all still in this, I feel like. At least in the conversation of being a good baseball team. And then we have the lowly Baltimore Orioles who we shouldn't really bring up at all. But there is something, there's something here that's not like the others. And it's not just the Baltimore Orioles. The last 10 games for the Rays... Yankees and Blue Jays eight and two for all three of those teams. And then you see the Red Sox at two and eight. We talked about the Red Sox earlier and bringing the heat. Can the Red Sox bounce back here? Is this something that they can figure out? They can, but I'm not buying it. Like I I know that I'll say right now that I I think that they can bounce back and there's, there's Tanner Houck uh, sitting well in Pawtucket right now. Thanks to the general manager thinking he's a triple a pitcher, but he's pitching to a sub two ERA, 
But um, I mean, this team is good. I mean, they're they're a good team. There's a reason they've won so many games in the first half. But they're going to need Chris Sale, who hasn't pitched since 2019, to just come out there and be dominant, uh, just for them to have a chance. Because I, I mentioned the rotation issues. That's huge. And you got the Yankees who added the the Blue Jays' offense is pretty good. The Rays, I mean, the Rays. Don't we'll get into them. I mean, I don't I don't know how I feel about that team, but they're always good. Um, but the, the Boston, I think, can still have a chance to do it. But I, I personally do not buy them. I think it's more of a gut thing than anything because um, it, it's just I don't know what it is. The, the Boston, I think they should have added, but they ended up not adding. So they're in a tough spot. They are. They are. And I mean, every to me, uh, like, is it OK? So educate me here. I need some Dylan education. I'm going to go to school here. The Blue Jays, like I see seven games back and like, I personally think that's like a daunting task. I feel like that's a tough way to, 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 to come back from a tough, a, a tough stretch to come back from. Is it possible for the Blue Jays to take this division? I mean, I've, I, I saw George Springer go off the other night. Like he, he went off for the Blue Jays. Like what's the deal with this Toronto Blue Jays team? I'm loving them. Yeah. I'm loving them. I, I do. I seriously think the Blue Jays can make a leap. Uh, they won't finish fourth in this division. That might be a bold statement, and you could bark me up on August, whatever the heck it is, at 904, whatever the heck, Eastern time or oh, whatever. Do- but- <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> 904, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Had to. Um, but looking at the Blue Jays, I mean, they added Jose Barrios. They have a, a – their rotation is getting better, and the offense is just legit. They're finally back in Toronto. They're hitting well, and, I mean, they're doing a lot of great things. Uh, Vlad Guerrero, he's he slumped a little bit. But it doesn't matter. He doesn't need to be that guy. They have a Bo Bichette. They have George Springer, who's finally healthy. They have a lot of great pieces on their roster, and they're in good shape. I, I seriously think Toronto is in a good spot. And you mentioned seven games back. You also got to factor in the wild card. I believe they're three and a half back out of a wild card spot. So I, I think that's I mean, there could possibly be two teams in the AL East that make the wild card if Oakland uh, falls out or if, if a monumental collapse happens to Houston, which I don't see happening, but – I mean, it, it, the AL is just a, a, a big force right now, even in the wild cards. But um, I, I do think Toronto's in good shape. Well, isn't I, I feel like that's the thing, though. I mean, there's only two wild card spots, right? That correct me if I'm wrong here. There's only two two wild card spots, and they're battling the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Rays for the for their division. And if it's going to be tough for them to pass, oh, that's not the right thing. Whoopsies. And they're going to be battling those three teams to, to get to win the division. They're still going to be battling the Red Sox and the Yankees. So basically, second and third place. Is it safe to say second and third place of this division are going to be the two? Oh, I guess the, the A's. You can't count the A's. Oakland. Oakland's making the playoffs. Oakland's making the playoffs. And I'm going to say oh, the Rays are making it too. Um Boston and New York will not make the postseason together. Like they, those two will not play each other. I, I don't think the Yankees and Red Sox will make the playoffs. It'll be one of them, um, or, or it might not be any, and that's where Toronto jumps in. But someone in the AL East, the Rays, I'm, I'm already penciling them in for the division. I've given up hope. I, I cannot look at this team year after year, look at their roster, and be like, who's he? Who's he? Who's he? 70 wins, 30 loss. What the heck's going on? They win games. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, who do I? Who do you want uh, B-roll for? Oh, I guess I got to pick the guy who went off in the postseason last year and Randy Rosarena because outside of him, I mean, you got Nelson Cruz, but I mean, Brandon Lau, he's got 20 home runs. He's hitting 220. I mean, this team just is so strange. 
They're so strange, but I mean, they have Michael Waka, Matt Whistler, a bunch of failed projects, but they're winning baseball games. They don't even have Tyler Glass now. They traded Blake Snell. They're in first place. They're making the playoffs. They're going to win the division. And I've given up hope on trying to uh, trying to put a realistic comprehension behind what's taking place. Uh, they're just finding ways to win games, and I I don't know how they're doing it. I think I think that there is one shot in there, and I, and if I could pull this video back up again, I would without having to wait through everything. But there was one shot of what's it? How do you pronounce his name? A Rosarena. A Rosarena. Yes. Got it. Okay. So there was one shot of him literally coming out of nowhere to catch a baseball. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's like how you could perfectly sum up the race. Just like just coming out of nowhere. Don't know who they are, but somehow they do it. Are the correct again, going to go to the school of Dylan here. Are they still doing what they did last year with like the pin? Like, I feel like, d- didn't they like kind of not change the game, but really like, yeah, they, they throw something they unusual it. with pitching. Like how are they still doing that? I, I don't think they've been using openers as much as it is. Openers basically where you start a relief pitcher for one inning or two innings, whatever it is. And you bring out your big innings eater for about uh, the middle part, try to get about five innings in, then you go to your bullpen and then just try to mow it down, which is an interesting strategy. But I, I've said it multiple times years ago. I, I, I think I wrote it in a couple articles on some blog posts I did. Nobody works harder at their jobs than Craig Council and Kevin Cash. But the Brewers and the Rays, you look at their rosters, they're not always the sexiest, but they're always in the playoffs and they're always winning baseball games. So no one works harder at their jobs than those two managers. They're always putting up uh, good products. They're always making the right decisions. I mean, Kevin Cash, not the right decision in the playoffs last year, but um, he got that far. He wins a lot of baseball games year after year. And that's where you just have to cough it up and be like, they have a class A uh, organization right there. And uh, they do a lot of great things and they, they just win. So I think you got to give it up to Tampa Bay for what they do. I mean, there's no realistic factor. You can go to a race game and you don't see hardly any, like what jerseys are they wearing? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, it's, it, it's, it's crazy. You just, it's probably the most diverse uh, team that you could think of as it comes to talent, but them all together, it works. So uh, I guess that's how you got to factor it. If you are a race, so let's just, just for shits and giggles here. If you're a race fan, what Jersey are you getting? I mean, Kevin Kiermaier has been there for a while. So I but he's not, he's not the best player in the world. He's good. He's a good defender. He'll pop a few homers, but I mean, it's him or it's a Rosarena who uh, shined in the postseason last year. But outside of that, I mean, you really don't have anything to go on. What about Franco? What about Wander yeah, Franco? Wander Franco? That that's probably the one you get. You have long term stability. He's a nice prospect, but once again, he wasn't up until June. So, and they're not wearing that jersey in May. Oh, that's fair. Okay, okay, okay. Give me a little idea here. Okay, so last thing on this this AL East here, this AL East, you got we got to talk about the Yankees. I feel like I feel like we have to bring up the Yankees. They sit right now at third place. They they are riding. They're hot. They're hot on the heels of the Red Sox. I could picture them passing the Red Sox soon. Uh, did they do enough? And I, I I know I heard your your deadline show last week. Great stuff. Great stuff. Do the Yankees do enough to you to at least be to to have a shot at winning this division? I know I know you've hated the Yankees. I know you've really disliked a lot of the things the Yankees have been doing. The Yankees make the right moves at the deadline to get them into the spot where they can win this division. Realistically, 
I'm not a big Joey Gallo fan. I think Rizzo brings a lot to the table there. He's obviously shined in his uh, early emergence in New York, but they've had some COVID issues already. Gary Sanchez, uh, Garrett Cole, Anthony Rizzo, all on the COVID IL. There's been a few outbreaks on that team, but their depth is just, it's so strange. Greg Allen comes up, uh, Esteban Florial. They just have enough pieces that just, they stick together and they just fight. And there's nights where they look ugly and there's nights where they look good. But the thing with the Yankees is they need everybody to come back for them to have a legit chance. But I seriously do not see the division at any possibility uh, that the Yankees could win the division. I think the only chance they have is a wild card spot. And we pulled up the numbers last week that Garrett Cole two and five against uh, both Boston and Tampa Bay this year. So um, if he were to draw one of those in a postseason game, uh, it'd be it'd be pretty tough, especially in a wild card format. If he's got to draw one of those two teams. But um, it's tough. I mean, the Yankees, I think, have enough to where they could get one of those wild card spots. But they got to keep up against the Toronto team and they got to find a way to win some games while the rest of the players get healthy. Last but not least, got to end the show. I'm running out of time here, uh, but I've been I've been learning. I feel like I've been learning this one. I, I I've, I've been enjoying it. Running out of time though, I want to go into the NL wild card. We talk about the AL wild card a little bit. Let's go to the NL wild card. Got the Dodgers there sitting up at the top. Got the Padres. Kind of similar situation to what the AL East is for the Yankees, Boston Red Sox, Rays, Blue Jays kind of thing, where the they, they kind of own the top two spots, and the NL West does for the for the uh, wild card. But outside of it, you got the Braves, you got the Mets, but right there, three and a half games back of that second wild card spot is the Cincinnati Reds. What can you tell me about them? If you if you saw my rant here on the show a few a few weeks ago, I really tore into the management of the Cincinnati Reds. I apologize to all the Reds fans that are out there uh, for dealing with a management that didn't want to win and didn't add any pieces to win at the uh, going in. You know, there are mentions of them trading a potential Castellanos, but this is where I back up because the Reds actually added. They took uh, Luis Sessa, Justin Wilson, added them to their bullpen from the New York Mets, and uh, the Reds are in good shape. Joey Votto is a heart and soul leader of that team, and he went on a stretch earlier this year where he hit eight home runs in eight consecutive games. And, I mean, that, that is absolutely asinine. I mean, you, you start off and you, you're just on a tear for a solid week of hitting home runs. So he's a heart and soul leader. You get a healthy Mike Moustakis back. You get uh, Jesse Winker playing well. You get uh, Nicholas Castellanos back. Sonny Gray will be back eventually. Uh, Luis Castillo is finally pitching well. And the Reds are in good shape in a division where the Cubs just sold everybody. They can beat them up. They play them a few more times this year. They play Pittsburgh a little bit again. Uh, Pittsburgh obviously is not a good team. And, I mean, that division is really bad. And the Reds have been winning baseball games. They're finding a way to put it together. They have a, a a nice resurgent season out of Wade Miley. The Reds are looking good, and one note, you mentioned the San Diego Padres are ahead of them. Indeed. If you look at the Padres' schedule in September, they play one game against Arizona. Outside of that, every single team the San Diego Padres play in the month of September is 500 or better. So that's that's a solid month of playing teams 500 or better. The Padres do not have Fernando Tatis right now. Um, I know I know right now they added uh, Adam Frazier, which is huge, huge, by the way, because that that saved them with the injury of Tatis. They're actually trying out Tatis in the outfield a little bit. I don't know if I'm buying that, but um, looking at it, I, I seriously think the Padres are in are in a deep, deep situation for a, a potential downfall. And the Reds are sneaking right there playing sneaky baseball in the center where you don't really look. 
but they could end up making the postseason. And I'm going to go in. on record. I'm going to go on record and say the Cincinnati Reds will make the playoffs. I uh, normally, Dylan, some of your takes make me go, no, you're just wrong. But here, I mean, we talked about the Mets and how they have a really tough schedule coming up. The month of September is literally just about what the Mets have for what we, what's coming up. They play the Dodgers three straight. They play the Dodgers three straight. They have the Astros. They have the Giants. They have the Braves. They have the Dodgers. And then they end with the Giants. So it's like, and, and again, the Braves are going to be battling for a playoff spot. So, you know, they're going to be coming out hungry in those three games. You have the Dodgers. You have the Giants. Those are rivalry games that they're not going to just uh, slouch on. And I mean, if, if, if we talk about the Mets falling off because of their schedule, the Padres have the same exact schedule, but a better team, obviously. Well, on yes. paper. No. On paper. Okay. okay. Mathematically. Like, okay. Physically, okay. you watch the games and you know okay. the Padres are a better team okay. Okay. than the New York Mets. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, Dylan, that is all. I appreciate you having me on back to host because Aaron likes to just frolic around and fraternize with the, with the world <laughs> other than being here on the show. Any last words before we close it out? My guy, Chicago Cubs, Rafael Ortega, hitting over 400 since the All-Star break. The only pleasant surprise I get when I watch Cubs games this year, uh, especially now. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to shout out some Rafael Ortega hot sauce on the show. Fair enough. Fair enough. Beautiful. Ra- Rafael Ortega hot sauce. Yeah. Okay. 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 Speaking of that, uh, I have I – ha- I have, I- no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms at roughcut underscore sports on Twitter at roughcut sports on Facebook and at the rough cut sports cast on the gram. Go like, and follow us on all of those social media platforms. And of course we're on the push for 200 subscribers. So go head on over to our YouTube at the rough cut sports cast on the tubes and hit that subscribe button. Actually just smash that subscribe button, hit a home run and hit that subscribe button. Support the show. We're on the push for 200 subscribers so make it help it happen tomorrow we will be back the rough cut crew myself and aj make our return to the rough cut sports cast live at 8 30 p.m eastern time we're talking football probably we'll discuss on it about after all this is over and all that good stuff dylan again thank you so much for letting me be your host again thank you so much for 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 bringing me on to be the co-host you really realistically you are the show you are the whole damn show because Dylan, Aaron does not show up. You, you're, you have uh, your shooting percentage is at hundred right now. You have shown up every game. You're not, you're on an Iron Man streak and you deserve that credit. every Tuesday. You do. You deserve that credit. Everyone in the chat, you guys deserve credit. We appreciate you guys showing up. Don't forget tune in tomorrow live 8 30 PM Eastern time for myself and AJ on the rough cut sports cast until then he's Dylan. I'm me. See you tomorrow. Hurry into Mattress Firm. For a limited time, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or get up to 60% off America's top-rated brands like Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $279.99 or Sleepies at $169.99. In stock for fast delivery, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. 
and we're still here.